Digital Marketing Radio, episode 145. What's the difference between social media marketing for B2B and B2C? DigitalMarketingRadio.com I'm David Bain and this is Digital Marketing Radio, weekly interviews with online marketing gurus. Catch up with all the previous episodes at DigitalMarketingRadio.com The Big Interview with David Bain I'm joined today by an integrated marketing manager who started her career as a brand strategist. She's also adjunct professor at UMSL, where she teaches the social media marketing course. Welcome to DMR, Brianna Smith. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here today. Oh, it's great to have you here. Well, you can find uh, Brianna over at beingyourbrand.com. So, <laughs> Brianna, are you talking about being your personal brand, being your business brand, or a bit of both? A bit of both. So I'm very passionate about personal branding, but I mean, a brand is a brand, whether it's a company or a person. You know, you have to own it and you have to manage it very similarly in both ways. And is that a relatively recent phenomenon, um, kind of growing, building your own personal brand? Or is that something that really actually has been around for years and it's just like the online people learning about it a little bit more now? I think it's been around, but it didn't really have a name. So now everyone is like all about personal branding. Um, and especially because people are taking more control of their careers since your online identity can make or break your career nowadays. So, you know, what you tweet and what you post indefinitely, um, it could land you a job or lose you a job. <laughs> so, you know, people Scary really have stuff. to, you know, <laughs> control it a lot more nowadays um, than ever before. So how long have you been involved with uh, social media marketing yourself then? Um, probably five, six years. Um, I've really been into it. Um, I started when I was down in New Orleans, uh, where I went to school. And then I lived for several years after uh, is kind of where I started to really get interested in social media marketing and personal branding. And it kind of actually came about by happenstance because I decided I wanted to move home. I'm from St. Louis. And I I was like, okay, well, I know I'm good at these things, but my current job is not really allowing me the opportunity to showcase that I know what I'm talking about with social media marketing, just from the projects I was working on. So I had to find a way to do that. And so I started blogging, which was being your brand. Um, and I started building my uh, social media following and trying, you know, sharing content on a regular basis. And, you know, over a year, I grew my following to over 10,000 and created a popular blog. And that was, you know, starting to build my personal brand so that I didn't actually have to really interview for jobs when I moved home because my blog did all that for me. Very <laughs> nice. Very nice. Yeah. So in terms of um, the way that social media is done by businesses, mm -hmm. what is the biggest change that you've seen over the last five or six years since you've been in the business? Uh, I think it's really changed the game from a push marketing to a you know a pull or more of an inbound method. And social media is such a critical uh, component to that. Uh, it, it builds that relationship at the top of the funnel that you know people want to have these relationships with with brands now. It's very important to them, um, and the best way to do that is through social media because it doesn't just feel like this you know, obstruct brand out there and I can't talk to Coca-Cola. Oh, I could, you know, I could, I could tweet to them. And they'll probably tweet to me back. 
Do you think the way that social media is done has changed significantly over the last few years? I mean, d- did people perhaps mistakenly broadcast too much a few years yes. ago now and now it's more yeah. about interaction? I think they used it like a normal, any other advertising platform. So it was very, buy this, buy this, this is what I'm selling. Um, but now it's more of a conversation and it's more about educating, using social media as a educational tool for your customers. Right, okay. So an education about the industry and and just content in general in relation mm-hmm. to what you do not not actually about your products but about the industry yes. it's kind fair? of like yeah. an indirect selling um you know if you, or smarketing as hubspot likes to say um but you know so a smart type of marketing that you're using for sales um so you're indirectly you're educating them you're staying in front of them becoming a resource to these customers so that when they are ready to buy you're their go-to brand there's no question. You. So you a HubSpot fan then? Huge HubSpot fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I've seen your inbound certified um, logo yes. somewhere. I yeah. cannot get enough of the HubSpot blog and their product and I should probably I, be I, paid. I did, <laughs> I, I did that a couple of years ago as well and um, I thought it was okay but there was a few questions as part of the certification that... Um, I knew what they were looking for, but I didn't particularly agree with the answer, to be honest with yeah. you. So. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to their certification, um, it's a good thing to have. And I think anyone who's looking to get into digital marketing should do their inbound marketing certification, um, their Hootsuite certification. You just kind of start adding things to your resume. But yeah. I'm more just in love with their product um, as a tool. Uh, the last two companies I've worked with have had the enterprise level, and it's just it's phenomenal the amount of data that you have in there and you can with the lead nurturing and the email marketing and the smart calls to actions I completely nerd out on it all day long. I mean one thing I really want to get um, kind of your feedback on today is how you perceive social media marketing to be different b2b compared with b2c I mean do you think it has to be a completely different approach for two of those different scenarios? Um, So there's a lot of things that are similar when it comes to, you know, the 80-20 rule of only, you know, sharing 80% of your content should be curated or educational versus 20% is more about your brand. Um, But the B2B sales process or sales cycle is so long um, compared to a B2C sales cycle could be instantaneous. So just the type of content that you share can be very different. Um, for the company I work at right now, you know, we share a lot of ebooks, a lot of white papers, webinars, um, because our sales cycle can be anywhere from 6, 12, 18 months long. So I need to stay in front of them and stay a resource and an expert for a longer period of time. Um, versus B2C, I can kind of get straight to the point. Okay, and in terms of measuring success as a B2B doing social media marketing, is the only real way that you can measure that then through getting the person to actually give their email address and then have further communication with them or at least some of the touch point along the way by email and then perhaps back to social after that? Yes. So, I mean, it, because it is so long and it takes a long time to prove ROI with B2B, it really is about the number of leads. Um, and like I'm using you know, a tool like HubSpot, I then can nurture them throughout the process with emails that are targeted to what they downloaded um, and trying to you know, move them down the funnel that way. Um, 
but I, you know, using social media to get them in the funnel in the first place is, you know, it's actually a great tool for B2B. Okay. And are you talking about any social network at all? Or is it for B2B more likely to be something like a LinkedIn or perhaps a Twitter? Um, definitely more LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, but Facebook still does have a place. Um, you know, it's it's going to be a little bit more lighthearted content than compared to a LinkedIn. Um, but I definitely think you still need a presence there. Um, but I would definitely say Twitter and LinkedIn are the number one and number two for B2B. But no Snapchat for B2B yet. Not yet. You know, I just don't see the point for, I mean, we're in 3D imaging for healthcare. That would be a little difficult to snap a picture of an, you know, an MRI scan. But, you know. It seems to be taking over everything at the moment. I know, I know. And um, I do a lot of uh, work with some small businesses here in St. Louis. And, uh, for example, one sh- is a prom shop and you know that's teenagers so it's all snapchat um so you know trying to get that and leverage it without you know the data just isn't quite there the way it is with the other platforms um you know so i'm still kind of waiting to see how that evolves because you know if i can get a little more information um that's easier more accessible for like who's viewing what and when and how often it'd be really nice yeah, I mean, it's tough, um, you know, especially when things disappear on you and uh, you're not sure, um, you know, whether uh, putting a bit of content out there for 24 hours is, is actually going to be um, worthwhile or not. Yeah, like it's, I can't measure like, oh, I got to click through through my website and that got me so many leads. You know, it, mm. it's, it's, it's a bit harder to measure for us marketers that love data to prove what we're doing is working. I mean, what about Instagram, for instance? Because um, I mean, Instagram something somewhere you can get loads of followers, and mm-hmm. it looks like there's a lot of interaction going on there. But um, you know, un- unless you're into paid um, social media marketing, um, and apart from the link in your profile, um, it's quite too quite difficult to measure the effect effectiveness of that. But is that mm-hmm. something that you can try and do as well? Yeah. So I definitely think B to uh, I'm sorry, Instagram is great for B to C. Um, it's just very visual, and it's definitely a tool while Twitter and LinkedIn and even Facebook are a little bit more of a lead generation um, platform. Uh, Instagram is definitely for building your brand and engaging with your followers. Um, There are some great tools that will help you, you know, measure how many uh, likes you have. And, you know, that's all fantastic. And I always try to tag back and say, hey, don't forget to check out the link in my profile and tag myself even in the post. So it's easier that for them to go back and you know, click the link. So there, there at least is a link. So it's, there is some measurement. Um, but there's something really nice about how different Instagram is that there aren't links in posts. So as much as I dislike it, it is kind of a nice thing because it's more of an organic, real conversation that I'm having with my followers. Yeah, I mean, I've started uh, an, an Instagram uh, profile fairly recently, actually, for digital marketing radio. And um, I'm surprised that um, I've only put up about seven posts so far. And um, I've already got nearly 100 followers um, just organically. Yeah. And um, that, that seems quite quite fairly quick for that. I've found the same thing. Um, and I manage a couple brands on Instagram, including my own uh, personal brand. But it organic growth is fantastic. You know, if I can get three likes on a post on Facebook organically, that's, you know, Mm. that's awesome. Um, Just because it's definitely pay to play there now. Uh, But on Instagram, I could get 
50 likes in, you know, an hour and uh, several comments. And, you know, yeah. so it's a very engaged audience on Instagram right now. Um, I mean, obviously it moves around. Facebook was big and then Twitter and Instagram, you know. So mm. we'll see if how it stays, if it'll stay that engaging, you know, in the next several years. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, just to summarize, in terms of the type of content that is more likely to work best, if you're a B2B, then you need to be focusing on um, kind of quality content and perhaps funneling people towards um, giving that email address and actually building mm -hmm. that relationship um, with that person over time. Yes. If, then, if it's B2C then, would it be fair to say that um, you're more able to actually have a direct call to action to make a purchase? It is more acceptable in B2C, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. But still jab, jab, jab a bit before you write hook. Yes. I mean, totally don't, you know, consumers nowadays, they don't want to be yelled at to buy a product. You know, you yeah. still want to provide information on, you know, whether it's the industry or um, I guess if it's a pair of shoes or something, you know, how to take care of those shoes or what you would wear with those shoes. Um, so just content that supplements your product. So then when they see the, oh, well, I know how to wear those shoes and now I see a post to buy them, that makes sense. And it's not in a pushy way. Okay, got you. And in terms of um, the way you set up your profile and your call to action, is that going to be significantly different depending on whether you're B2B or B2C? Or does that not make a, a massive difference? Um, yes, um, for your call to action, I mean, it's really going to say more of that top funnel for b2b um you mm. know that download ebook register for webinar um but for b2c you can definitely have the, the call to action of buy now or um you know on sale check this out that's definitely more acceptable versus like i wouldn't say you know in b2b buy this now this you know five million dollar contract do you think it's acceptable or is it possible for a marketer to do a great job at both B2C and B2B, or is it completely different mindsets and perhaps people should focus on one area or the other? I think you can do both. I hope I'm, I'm yeah. I do both. So I hope I'm, I'm <laughs> successful at both. Um, I like that it's different. It keeps things interesting. Um, you know, so on some personal stuff, I do B2C and I help out some small businesses um, versus, um, you know, during the day I'm doing B2B. Uh, so it's kind of a good outlet when I, and I get to try different tactics and stay ahead of the, you know, on top of what's happening in both sides. Cause it's not fun when you kind of get pigeonholed into one area. I've personally mm. never enjoyed that. So. And, um, do you see social media changing much over the next few years? Because I mean, we're seeing probably a lot of things like um, live broadcasting and more video now as well. Um, is that going to impact the way social is done? Or do you think um, at the heart of it, it's still going to be conversations and um, people aren't going to change the way they talk? So social kind of as it is at the moment is going to be around for a while. Um, I think it will change it. Uh, you know, right now there is a lot of scheduling going on, you know, pre-scheduling mm. a lot of posts. And I won't lie, I do it too, you know. <laughs> efficiency. But, you know, with all the live streaming with Facebook and Periscope, um, you know, that's that is truly live that you cannot schedule that. So it's a it really will change the game and make, um, you know, conversation and engagement even more real time than I think it already is. So that's it's going to change marketers jobs a lot. And 
is this going to make it even more scary for bigger brands to um, be happy um, and give marketers the leverage to actually um, broadcast live reactively without having to to get permission to do everything beforehand? Definitely. Um, and I again, I work in a healthcare field, you know, uh, mm. for my nine to five, and there's definitely that's going to be a very difficult thing because it's so regulated um, in different industries like financial. Um, but I think big companies in general, it's just hard to let go of your brand that much. But uh, I think if you have the right policies and procedures in place and you build the right team, then it shouldn't be so scary. It should be exciting. So there's not going to be a place for businesses that um, refuse to embrace social media. You think those those types of businesses mm. are on the way out? I do, because I mean, I think as much as maybe five years ago or even a couple of years ago, you would judge someone by saying, oh, if they don't have a, a website, they're not a real business. Well, now yeah. I'm like, if you don't have a Facebook page, are you real? Do you actually exist? Um, and I think it's becoming more and more like that. People judge, you know, co consumers are judging businesses based off of their social media profiles. Um, you know, so it, it, if you don't have a good one or you haven't really invested in it, it kind of looks like to the consumer, like you don't care. Um, mm. And that's very important to them. They'd rather go to a brand that has invested a lot into their, um, into their community. Because, you know, if I mine something, it's kind of like a commitment. And I'm kind of buying into this brand and this whole lifestyle. Um, so people really think about that a lot now. Okay. So, I mean, what you're basically saying is that, um, yeah, um, people could make mistakes on behalf of your brand um, by doing things reactively, by doing things live. Mm -hmm. But um, if you don't have any kind of profile online, then customers are going to review you against other companies out there that do have mm -hmm. a social presence. And if you don't take the risk, the chances are customers aren't going to be willing to even do business with you. So mm -hmm. it's more of a risk not to have profiles than it is to actually do live broadcasting. I definitely think so. Yeah, I, I agree with you certainly as well, but it might take a, a few years maybe for oh, some yeah. businesses to totally yeah. embrace that. But, it's uh, not, not going to be instantaneous whatsoever. Well, um, coming up, we're going to be learning about the one piece of software that um, Brianna couldn't live without. Um, but first of all, do you want to start your own show? I'm in the process of pulling together all my podcasting and live broadcasting experience into one place and producing a course on how to start and master your very own show. Now, if that might interest you, I'd love your feedback. So just go to startyourownshow.com and take two minutes to fill out the survey there, helping me to decide if that's the kind of course that I should be producing. So just go to startyourownshow.com. But let's segue into the second section of our discussion. So that focuses more on Brianna's thoughts on where digital marketing has been and where it's heading. So starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. So Brianna, what software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success? Uh, that would be Canva. I use uh -huh. Canva all day, every day. Um, it is the... For someone who's not a graphic designer, <laughs> it is the most amazing tool. It has helped me so much. Freed up my graphic designers to actually work on big, important projects. Um, <laughs> and I, I cannot get enough of it. It is just a fantastic tool. It can be used for any industry. Um, and I recommend it constantly to everyone. Great tip there. Well, um, here's a slightly more challenging question. And that is, what piece of software don't you use 
but you've heard good things about and you intend to try at some point in the near future? So I was just talking to um, a marketer friend of mine, and she does a lot in influencer marketing, which I have not dived too, dove too much into yet, but I've heard of Clear Voice um, as a great tool to find kind of influencers to help grow your brand. So I know about it, but I have not checked it out yet. Sad to admit, but I'm going to. Clear Voice. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. Is that clearvoice.com? Uh, um... Yes, I believe so. I think it's just clearvoice.com. But if you okay, Google it, okay. I, I think it'll come up. I will Google it and I'll include <laughs> links to that and canva.com and the, the show notes yes. at digitalmarketingradio.com when we, when we publish the podcast. But let's move on to... I wish I would have. I'd like you to look back in the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? Um, I think... When I started digital marketing, everything was so separate and that's what I did wrong was, you know, it was like you do social media, you do SEO, you do email marketing. Um, instead of really connecting them all together, everybody, everything was so separate. Um, so I really wish I would have started um, to, from a little bit of an integrated standpoint and seeing how it's all connected and even how it's connected outside of marketing as well and sales and customer care and things like that. Yeah, I mean, integrated marketing is certainly the one of the buzzwords um, yep. at, the, at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> but it's difficult to become an expert at everything. You kind of have to know what you're an expert in and mm -hmm. learn a little bit about about everything else. But uh, I also love yeah. your point about um, integrating with things like customer service mm -hmm. because um, you wouldn't traditionally think that that is part of marketing, but um, any touch point with a customer, with a prospect, um, mm -hmm. with someone who's bought someone is, you know, potentially going to have a massive impact on mm -hmm. uh, what that customer or prospect says about you as well, which is the future of marketing, really. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't think there is not an area of the business that marketing should not be a part of the conversation. And, um, you know, leveraging, we have so many great tools in marketing now, all the other departments really should be trying, you know, leveraging them. How can I help you? Um, that's kind of where my role as an integrated marketing manager lies is using these awesome tools that we have to help sell or help, you know, connect with our customers through social media, things like that. And if um, a customer service department isn't that comfortable with marketing um, and doesn't really understand to begin with, you know, why what it does, you know, is part of marketing as well. Um, what's the best way to actually train them or tell them um, to change their mindset a little bit? Um, yeah. So I like to, you know, use real life scenarios with them a lot. So, you know, if I'm meeting with them and brainstorming, you know, uh, walking through, you know, you got this 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 question from a customer, and they were upset about uh, something that happened. You know, what can I? What can we do? Can we make the website easier for them to find an answer to? Um, you know, so that you're not getting these calls all the time with these you know frequently asked questions that really they should just be able to go on our website. How can you know that's going to make your life easier? Kind of taking yeah. it from that approach. Yeah, and no, I think that's a, a, a great idea. Um, I, I love um, going over frequently asked questions and actually taking them from things like Google Analytics and actually mm -hmm. helping them make their job easier by actually getting customers to potentially answer their own questions um, mm -hmm. before they even get to customer service as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah. 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 They, you know, instead of having to answer the same question all day long, let's find a way to have our website or our marketing efforts just answer it for you. 
that's a good way to to appeal to them absolutely yes <laughs> the this or that round. okay so this is the quick response oh. round 10 quick questions just two rows here okay you're only allowed to think okay you're not allowed to think <laughs> about the answer too much and you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion so ready okay. to go uh, i guess so <laughs> <laughs> email or twitter email audio or video video Affiliates or display advertising? Affiliate. <laughs> Facebook or Google Plus? Facebook. Online press releases or one-on-one relations? One-on-one relations. Paid search or SEO? SEO. Email contact form or telephone number? Email contact form. <laughs> website or app? Website. Mobile website. <laughs> Social subscriber or email subscriber? Uh, Email subscriber. And local marketing or global marketing? Local marketing. (laughs) There were a couple of, or a bit of a struggle. A little Um, bit. Those were hard. (laughs) Paid search or SEO was quite a a struggle. Do you do both or neither? Well, after I said SEO, then I was like, darn it, I think both, actually. Um, You know, I think they... Especially, I mean, it's just more pay to play nowadays, you know, so while I'd love to be only organic SEO, um, I think it's a mix. So if I go back in time, I'd say both. (laughs) And when when you talk about pay to play, are you talking mainly about Facebook there? Um, That and... I think it's kind of, you know, search engine optimization, it's just kind of changed a little bit. You really do in a lot of categories still have to, you know, pay a bit um, because you can jump off, you know, as soon as you jump off that first page, you got to start paying um, until you can get back up to that first page. As soon as that first page, you know, I mean... Google are changing things so much at the I moment. Know. I mean, you know, now they've got four ads on top. So even if you're number one organically, the chances yep. are the user has to scroll down before even finding that first organic result. So it, it, yeah. it's definitely, you know, and they're making them look more organic than ever before as well. Yeah. So I, I definitely think you kind of got to have a mix of it. Um, but I'm a huge fan of Facebook advertising. So I, I it's just so affordable. So um, in that aspect, I definitely think it should be a mix. Of organic and paid. So affordable at the moment, but... Um, yeah, yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> that, that, that's what Google AdWords used to be maybe seven or eight yes, years ago. But yes. uh, things have changed a bit and they, they, they all continue to change. But I mm-hmm. guess progressive marketers will always find out, you know, the, the new um, gr- great opportunity. I mean, you know, be it Instagram um, paid advertising or something else, mm-hmm. it has the potential of driving a lot of traffic. Um, but um, a lot of businesses aren't quick enough to split test new opportunities like that. And if you're not, mm-hmm. then I guess you're going to keep on paying more per yep. click um, if you're focusing on paid advertising. Yeah. And, and the nice thing about a lot of these platforms is they don't require a huge investment to just try out and see how it works. You know, you could do $10, you know, $5 on Facebook or, you know, on Instagram advertising and see how it performs. And, and, and it's not going to break break the bank versus, um, you know, Google AdWords. You really have to spend a, a bit more to to get some really good data. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's um, it's funny. I thought I thought you were going to be focusing more on 
organic social um, media management. But um, you, you've obviously um, tried a few areas of paid mm-hmm. advertising as well and yeah. in- integrated um, marketing. You're you're living up to your your billing. There, so that, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like to, you know, say no to, any, you know, anything. You can try it, see if it works. Um and there's so much data and targeting behind paid. It's kind of like, why would I not do it? <laughs> so. And and perhaps a combination between or, organic and paid is good. Um, mm-hmm. yes. um, Chuck in the, the chat saying um, we focus on content that appeals and enjoy 50 to 60 percent organic reach daily, but also placed ads that are also helpful. Definitely. Um, so- so I mean, some businesses find that um, even though, even though they've got number one organic listing, um, they can bring in more traffic by paying for paid ads for the same ter- term mm-hmm. uh, next to that ad as well. But that's something you really got to split test if you're if, yes. you, if you're going to um, um, be as efficient as possible, I guess, with your budget. Yeah, but I definitely think both. Um, you know, it's just supplement. You know, paid is just supplementing the organic. The $10,000 question. So if I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? Um, I would do it on content curation um, because the more amount of content, the more it's going to help your SEO, the more you can uh, share on social, the more leads I can get, Uh, you know, so as many content writers as I possibly can get to write content in a couple days, I would spend it on that. I find it interesting that you used um, the phrase curation because I mean that's normally associated with um, getting content from uh, existing sources um, mm-hmm. and maybe re um, collating it in a manner that's um, unique and different for your audience. Um, are, are you talking about writing original content or, or, or getting content that has been published elsewhere but um, just putting it together in a different way? Probably actually both. Um, so, you know, I, it, when it comes to blogging and, you know, creating ebooks, I tell people you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, a lot of this content is out there, but you're putting your point of view to it. Um, so it would probably be a combination of both. Yeah, that's intriguing because um, there are a few massive websites now that are actually now accepting blog articles that you can publish on them. Um, and uh, they needn't be original content as well. It used to be a couple of years ago that these websites would insist on original content now, mm-hmm. but um, now they seem to be quite happy as long as if it's decent content. If it's been published elsewhere, it's not a major problem to them to have it pu- published on their website as well. So mm-hmm. intriguing that duplicate content's um, on its way back a little bit, not, not completely, but yeah. um, Google don't seem to be frowning quite as much on it um, as they used to. Yeah, no, not as much. Um, I think they can definitely tell now more, or the algorithm can, about yeah. what, what the actual original piece was. Um, yeah. You know, I know it, it doesn't hurt to publish, if you publish on your blog, to publish on LinkedIn, you know, as well. That's not going to hurt you. A lot of people have tested that. And uh, the original piece usually always ranks above the LinkedIn piece. My number one takeaway. Brianna, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, <laughs> but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listener, listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? They need to take an inbound marketing approach to nurturing their customers um, into uh, evangelists. If they're B2C, they get down that funnel a lot faster. Um, but if you're B2B, you know, just nurturing those customers through the sales process and using your awesome marketing tools to help sales 
uh, you know, push them further down the funnel. Okay, okay. So take your time. Mm-hmm. Um, m- make sure that um, you're measuring, um, I guess, the impact yes. of um, each different movement that some um, people make along the on, along the path to to, to eventual purchase. Mm-hmm. If it's B two B, I suppose you can't expect to do everything virtually or or by email you you do have to to pick up the phone to them as well eventually you do have to pick up the phone someone wants to hear a real person um but i mean people you know what they say like i think 80 percent of the sales cycle should be complete before you do pick up the phone um so you know using those ebooks those webinars those white papers those online demos to drive them all the way down the funnel so that when they get to my sales team they are pretty much ready to close you know, so my sales team, does, no more cold calling. Nobody answers the phone to a cold call. And if you do, you regret it the moment you answer your phone. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so do, do people still answer their emails to cold emails? They do, but you have to go about it very smart. Um, you know, so again, offering them something educational, not being salesy, um, but just saying, you know, hey, I'm a resource, you know, use me as just an educational tool. And maybe you'll need me one day, maybe you won't. But don't, you know, don't be yelling at them to buy now, because that does not work. Well, um, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So (laughs) thank you so much for your time and your advice. What's the best way for our audience to, to find out more about you and what you do? Um, I would follow me on Twitter. So it's at Brianna Smith. And the S is a five. So, because surprisingly, Brianna Smith five. was taken. So. Oh, that's, that's, that's <laughs> shocking stuff. Yes, yeah, so. I know. Well, that, shocking. That, oh, that's not, it's not too difficult to remember. And again, I'll, I'll make sure that I, I yes. link to your correct Twitter handle. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so thanks to Brianna and thanks to your listener too. If you enjoyed what Brianna shared today, here's how you can help. Go to your friend's iPhone, go to the podcast app, and search for Digital Marketing Radio. Click on the show and then hit the subscribe button and make them listen too. Finally, I'm also hosting another live show every Friday called This Week in Organic. So head over to thisweekinorganic.com to find out more about that. But that's all for now. Until we meet again, adios. And thanks again for joining me, Brianna. Great show. Thank you.